Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Bell the Bell with Bobby Blaze. I am your host, Professor Jeremy Vilmer, and joining us now, the star of the show, Bobby Blaze. Hey, what's happening, man? What happened to fucking being uh, Arn's favorite enhancement talent? Well, you know, we, That's we, the only intro I get. A, we did a pre-recorded episode last week, and I'm all thrown off now. I, I don't remember oh, okay. the intro. I, I don't remember how to work the software. I'm all, I'm all <laughs> ass over tea kettles over here, you know? Well, you better get together, man, because we've got a special guest today. I'll go right to it, man. From the 740, the GOAT, the pride of Nelsonville, Ohio, a man I'm sure that Woody Hayes would approve of for hitting opponents in their face, and that's none other than Mr. Jock Sampson. Jock, welcome to the program. Gentlemen, I appreciate you guys having me on today. I tell you right now, I, I've got I've got a really shitty hangover. Uh, I was out late last night, and... Uh, the seven and sevens were going down awfully smooth. Mm. And you are the king of the one-night stands. So I'm sure you had a little activity going outside of that, too. Yeah, you know, they only get one shot. So <laughs> okay. It, it, it's only a one-time deal. You know, the Tolly Blanchard once said, one thing I can do is get dressed quick. <laughs> so <laughs> There you go. That's a good one. Oh, man. Yeah, that's good. That's good, man. Well, um, Welcome to the show, man. We're glad to have you on here. I'm a. We've had, you know, we've we've, we've talked to you before on the program. We appreciate you coming on our program. Uh, your name gets mentioned quite often on the program, depending on you know upcoming events in in, in the area that that we're in. Um, just wanted to say that. Uh, uh, bring us up real quickly, Jock. Do you recall when you and I met? Because we've talked about this before. I'm sure you do. Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, we were. I can't remember. I know that. Uh, it was like a suburb of Cleveland. Yes. Uh, for JT Lightning and Cleveland All Pro Wrestling, we were in this big church. Yep. And they had one of those sunken in basketball courts, and everything else was raised. Yep. And uh, yeah, and I, I remember it was uh, you were uh, special guest referee for Jerry DeKing Lawler and Tracy. Uh, Smothers, the legend Tracy yes. Smothers, God rest his soul, yeah. and, uh, and that's I started walking up and started talking to you, you know, started talking about DFZ and Chainstorm and, right. and all the people we knew, and but that was the first time we met. I remember you had them overall suspenders on. You're looking yeah. stylish as fuck, boy. Yeah. Now you know why I wore those too, right? <laughs> no, I don't. Now, okay, so that evening, JT, that they had asked me. First of all, it was an honor to get to go and you know do something for JT because I think. Um, you know, JT and I were friends outside the business. Um, once, you know, once I got to know him through the business, and um, so he held a special place in my heart. But he also, um, they had asked me. A couple people said, you know, would you be willing to come up here? And we worked out all the details, of course. And I was going to referee between, like you said, Tracy Smothers and Jerry the King Lawler, and with a little bit of added heat there for Lawler, um, and then me and Tracy traveling together, you know, for many years. And then knowing that, they thought it'd create a little bit of heat and vibe for that. But with the suspender before, I did that for JT because um, uh, it was in honor of Mark Curtis. And if you look at those pictures, I wore a light, a light blue shirt like he would wear. And also I wore the suspenders. I wore dark blue suspenders. And that was in memory of Mark Curtis, the referee for Smoky Mountain Wrestling. That's why I had those on. Well, I'll be darned. I, I didn't even, you know, I, you know, as much as I've seen Mark Curtis over the years, and I, I remember the suspenders, I just never put two and two together. Yeah. I, I just remember that was a, that was a night... Uh, 
like Lawler dropkick Tracy had knocked his two front teeth out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But and, um, you, I remember that that was that was a good match. Yeah, well, it was a good show, and like I said, we got to meet that day. And yeah, you we just come up and you started talking to me. And like you said, it was uh, DFZ and, and Shane Storm, and next thing you know, we're talking. You would you had uh, some hip toss stuff going on, and um, I, that was that your tag team deal. Um, yeah, yeah, we were called yeah. Team Hip Toss. It was a yeah. A, there you go. Best man of my wedding, Jeremy Madrox and me. There you we go. Decided, you know, because I we got there's that movie uh, Ready to Rumble. You remember that with that was WCW movie with yes. So, and when I was coming up, that was one of my favorite movies. You know, if you're a wrestling fan, that's probably one of your favorite movies. Like, if you're my age. And I always thought Jimmy King was one of the greatest characters in all of, uh, like, I wish he was a real wrestling character. You know, <laughs> he was just, he's a scumbag, you know, he's an alcoholic, you know, womanizer, just a rotten piece of shit. But everybody loved him. And uh, he had that, he was working with, uh, doing the thing with, uh, Dallas Page, and you know, so he's calling the spot and said, "All right, Pagey, hip toss, baby." And I was <laughs> drunk and high, and I would go around saying, "All right, baby, hip toss, baby," and it kind of stuck. And he's Jeremy's yeah. like, "Why don't we call ourselves Team Hip Toss? Because that's all you say when you get drunk is hip toss, baby." <laughs> so I do well, my best, go, Jimmy Shot. King voice. There you go. I got you. I got you. So um, anyway, I guess you just. Uh, Coming in off the road from working a couple matches over the weekend, and yeah. uh, again we're thankful that you you know came on a show. I've got to get to uh, a couple of things real quickly. Uh, we're, we're not in a rush to get through the podcast, but it's going to bring us up off the top. Um, you know, the FTC title. Uh, I I think you're going around saying you're a champion of FTC. Um, I. I don't know what the situation is, but um, I know a couple people have a couple of names involved with FTC that that um, they say you're not actually the, the the title holder. And we spoke to Casey King last week, well, two weeks ago, it was recorded last week. Uh, he had a few things to say about you. And uh, what's your thoughts on Casey King? Um, and then I've got a couple other questions concerning that. Well, you know, if if Casey, you know, I think first off, Casey King is is a great wrestler. I mean, I I'm, I'm not going to take any any credit, but uh, if if he wanted his opinion to matter, maybe he shouldn't have got hurt. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of hurt, you you had something to say to someone else the other day. Well, get that off your chest, by God. <laughs> oh, are we talking about Effie? Uh, or Danhausen, either one. I, I you know what? heard a couple of things this? you said. Fuck Effie. Fuck Danhausen. <laughs> I'm gonna say you. Fuck you, Casey King. Uh, I'm glad I can say. I'm glad I can speak freely on this show, Bobby, because you know I, I really hate the restraints that I, I that I can't naturally speak the way that I naturally do. You know, well, uh, I you know I sound like a howdy duty motherfucker sometimes when I cut these promos, and I can't just naturally say the f word or or yeah. swear. So I'm gonna say this. Danhausen, Effie, you have you are the two weirdest motherfuckers <laughs> I have ever seen in my entire life. And then you have these lines of people that will line up to see both of you, and they all look like uh, there's not a single woman that will walk up there in this crowd. These nerdy looking motherfuckers, you know. And, and to be honest. You got, you know, if you were a hot woman at a wrestling show, would you go to a wrestling show and sit by the, the cast of Revenge from the Nerds? <laughs> like, I wouldn't do it. So you got all these people signing up, giving these guys money, kissing their fucking ass, 
And, you know, I'm over here busting my ass, kicking the shit out of people, winning championships left and right. I have four right now. You know, I am the FTC champion. You know, whether some other people want to say it or not. I have the belt. Casey didn't defend it. I was the number one contender. So, therefore, you got to have a champion. You know, I, I'm yeah. the ECC champion in Ashton, Kentucky right now. So I, and then Pro Wrestling Conquest and Remix. I am the champion of the Tri-State. I am the best yeah, wrestler in Ohio, West Virginia, and Kentucky. Well, I'm not going to dispute that. Uh, I tend to agree with you. Um, of course, I tend to cheer for he- heels too. So, you know, uh, is that still a thing in wrestling? Are there heels out there? <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'm not a bad guy, Bobby. I'm not a heel. Oh, Okay. I'm not a bad guy, man. You know, you got these, you know, uh, you got Dan Housen and Effie, and they're doing all this this ridiculous stuff, right? And people are cheering mm-hmm. for them. And I'm over here. I'm a good, wholesome person, man. You know, I, I have a wife. I have a family. I ha- you know, I have a daughter. You know, I have a mortgage. You know, I don't live in an apartment like a lot of professional wrestlers do now. They like living in an apartment. They don't like doing yard work. They sleep all day. They play fucking video games. And if that makes me a bad guy, then so be it. Because I don't want those kind of people cheering for me. But I'm a, I'm just, you know, I'm a good person, Bobby. I'm a really good person. Yeah. Dan Housen and Effie, Casey King, they're not good people. Uh, I hear you. They make people think of it. And, you know, I, and, and Bobby, to be fair, I have a lot of fans. I have a lot of fans. But my fans work for a living. They just don't sit around and play video games and text and, and socially uh, bully people like Dan Housen and Effie's fans like to do. Yeah. My fans are working 12 hours a day because coal miners love me. You know, working people love me, not blue-collar morons that, uh, you know, uh, work at a call center or, or something like that. Uh, yeah. I ain't got time Damn. for any, any of that stuff. I mean, I have, a yeah. lot of, I have a lot of motherfucking fans. You know, I am the best wrestler, you know, in the tri-state, you can't take that. But is Effie or Dan Housen or Casey King the champion of the tri-state? No, they're not. No, no. But I'm not, not. going to get no praise. You know why? Because I'm a country boy. I, I live in a small town. And that's just not cool and that's not hip today. If you're a rural guy, they're going to assume you're one thing and that. You know, and I'm a, I'm a pretty, pretty tolerable guy. But yet, people are going to pick and choose what they like because... Uh, it's just the way of the world. They're a bunch of rotten bastards. Damn. Well, you know, I'm asking this. You mentioned the word bully. Uh, you came to FTC and um, had a little thing. You was pissed off. You had to wrestle a student, uh, Caleb Thorne. And uh, I have to say, you kicked the living shit out of him. And uh, that was like a night off for you. But also, uh, the anti-bully, uh, the bully's bully or whatever, Brock's Boulder, he has something to say about that, too, because he's the art of grappling uh, school uh, uh, champion. And I'm just curious, what, what's your feelings on, on, on those two? Anything? Well, uh, Caleb, I, I, you know, he, the, the kid just don't listen because I told him beforehand I was going to beat the shit out of him. I told him to <laughs> stay home. Uh, because, if you, like I told him, you make a mistake in the ring with me. I'm going to capitalize on it. I'm going to beat the fuck out of you. And I told him And that. you did. And you you and did. I did. I witnessed it. You beat the shit out of him. I mean, you know, he, he took it like a grown man. He did. Yep. Took it like a man. He did. But, <laughs> you know, just because you can take something like a man doesn't mean that 
getting in the ring with me is something that you should do. And Brock's bolder. I've already been in the ring with him. I've already kicked the shit out of him from his from his uh, wife and, and his kids. I mean, I'm surprised he just didn't stick his head up his ass. But it, like you said, he's built like a boulder, so I really doubt that he, you know he can bend that far. But I'm sure he'd yeah. like the smell of it if he could. But <laughs> there was four students in that match. Brock's bolder didn't do anything by himself. He can't. No one can do anything to me one on one. Uh, I don't give a shit who it is in the fucking world. Uh, I don't give a rat's ass, Bobby. I mean, I can I hold you. my own with anybody. You're not going to make me do nothing. But you have four on one. You have four students. And they all four grab me. And, and, and you know, as tough as I am, that's, uh, what is that? That's science. That's, uh, that's uh, what, what do you call it? I, I, see, I'm not, I'm not a book-educated person, so I don't understand yeah. all this. But four on one is a little unfair. And yeah, that's they the took odds maker there. Yeah, they they know. Like I was Andre the Giant, man. They were trying to throw out Andre. That's who I was. Yeah, yeah. Because they realized that I, you know, all I would take is if I get rid of all them. I am the FTC School of Grappling champion, and I've been a wrestling student in sixteen fucking years. Uh, you've been nothing but professional since I've met you. I know that. I just you was know. wanting to bring that up and see how you felt about it, man. Uh, Jeremy, uh, you got anything for... I know you two kind of had a little bit of heat going back and forth, well, you and a professor. I, 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 I was going to say, because because we're all professionals here, I was going to say, Jock, for, for the duration of this episode, let's just bury the hatchet, put the heat out between us, and we'll just you know do a professional episode. And then once we're done here, we can go back to motherfucking each other on Twitter, okay? <laughs> Well, I'm sure that's that's what you that's what you like to do. It's like you and Casey King are, are one and the same, man. You like to get on Twitter and act tough as hell, but when you get down to throwing nucks, I mean, shit. But I'll 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 be professional today. You know that they've never heat with me with anybody. There ain't been no heat with me and you. It's just you know any time that my name comes out your mouth, that lends a tend to lend a bit of credibility to yourself. So, so it is what well, it hey, is. Hey, now hold on here. I got to do some clout chasing if I want to keep people listening to the show. I got to seem relevant, and if I got to do that riding on your back, that's what's going to happen. Well, brother, my back is strong, so <laughs> the world has been riding my back. You know, I am I I run the southeastern Ohio. Everyone talks about Joe Burrow, the Heisman Trophy winner from southeastern Ohio, motherfucker. I am southeastern Ohio. <laughs> Look, and, and, and here's the other thing I was going to say. I am totally with your claim with the FTC championship. You were the number one contender. Champion's gone. You've got the belt. Possession nine tenths of the law. You're yeah. FTC champion. I have no problem with it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, legally, I, I I am owed a title shot, a rematch. Like you know, and how I lost the title to Casey. I mean, I was, you know, Casey. I'll give him. He had guts. He he tore his ACL, and he still wanted to, to fight me. Okay, cool, man. You, you ain't got no sense, but you got some guts. I'll give you that. But his girlfriend decides to get up there and shoot me in the face with one of those uh, uh, confetti guns or whatever. And then, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been shot in the face with a confetti gun. It doesn't knock you out, but you got all those fumes and, you you know, that smoke, it gets in your eyes. It's almost like when you're standing by a smoky fire and the smoke gets in your eyes when the wind blows. It's kind of like that, so... I'm blinded. Then I turn into an RKO from from Casey, a cutter, and he and he gets the win. Um, I mean, if I would do something like that, people would be all up in arms. They would be wanting to burn me at the stake. And and I I, I don't understand it. I'm 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 a, I'm a really nice guy, 
and people treat me this way, they should be grateful that they get to watch me wrestle. Because I don't wrestle just anywhere. You know, if I'm wrestling at your wrestling company, you have some credibility. Because I only want to wrestle for the best. I'm not wrestling for a company that has like, you know, there's 25 promotions in one town. I'm not going to wrestle at all because I love wrestling. I like wrestling. I love wrestling. I like making money more. There you go. That's what it's about, isn't it? It's like, what it's about? Yeah, exactly. I'm... I don't yeah, understand. Pin me, pay me, motherfuckers. That's right. And let alone someone get shot in the face with a fucking confetti cannon, right? I mean, you know, hey. I mean, how does this? How does this? How is this okay that certain people get away with stuff? You know, you know, I've never been given anything. No one's ever given me quarter. You know, whatever I've want, I went out and earned it. and I took it. There you go. But you go. that's just. But I don't know what it is. It just. I guess it's. Everyone, I think people must be jealous of me or something, I guess. I don't, I've they never been the be. kind of say that. It is what it is, Bobby. Is this kind of I like know. the thing where Hulk Hogan broke the rules for years and years and years and Bobby Heenan was the only person I never noticed? Yeah, well, but, well, I never break the rules. I don't know what you're talking no, 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 about. I'm not talking about you breaking the rules. I'm talking about... Oh, man. Yeah, you're saying you go, you're doing what you're told to do and what, you know, staying in the rules and doing your whole thing. And everybody else is kind of fucking around, but nobody ever yeah. points it out. I'm a big, I'm, a, I'm the biggest Hawk Hogan fan in the world, but yeah, well, I actually agree with you on that. Uh, yeah. I mean, certain people, they'll, they'll act away. Like you get Dan Housen, you get Effie, Casey King, you get these, and you get that, that dumb shit Cole Carter. They, they all act away when the fans are around, but when they're not, they're not that person. I am the person you see me when you walk up and say, hey, how you doing, sir? I'm like, how are you yeah. doing, sir? I'm very polite. That's me 24-7. You know, and a lot of times, a lot of people, if they have a problem with me, you know where to find me. I'm either wrestling or I'm at, a, I'm at the bar. Or I'm with your wife. There you go. God damn, and, I'm glad I don't have a wife. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't get it, man. It's just, it, it's, it's the way of the world, uh... The bad guy, people who, who, who truly are the bad guys get treated like they're saints. It's the Kardash- the Kardashians are rotten ass people. People love them. Yeah. Do people rotten ass love people. Them or, or do people just like to hate watch them? I've you know, the only thing I like about them is, is, is them, them double D's that are in the front of Kim. I like Bobby the agree with on that. Yeah, I like the ass. I like the asses. Yeah, I'm a leg man. Yeah. Like you know what perfect legs are, Jock? What's that? Feet on one end, pussy on the other. <laughs> That's right, boy. <laughs> if we were at the bar, let's just say this. Um, someone, I think it was, uh, uh, not Sparks. Uh, uh, who am I thinking of there, Jeremy? Adam. Um, Adam. Adam. Hey, Adam, shout out for you. PBR is looking for a fucking celebrity to, to be the representative. I don't consider myself a celebrity to that degree, but Jock, I don't know, man. Um I, I, if PBR come to me, I'd fucking be a PBR man and, and, and be their mm-hmm. spokesperson. But uh, say we're said to, I'm a Miller Lite guy, but I'll drink, uh, I, I drink the best kind of beer there is, and that's free. So if PBR wants uh-huh. to sponsor me, that'd be great. What kind of beer do you drink? What's your drink of choice nowadays? Well, you know, I don't drink a, a lot of beer per se of what I, you know, as much as I used to. I'm actually a Coors Banquet beer guy. Okay, good. If, deal. I, if I have to choose beer, I you know I'm with you on the free beer thing. I'd rather drink free yeah. beer because there's no beer sure. like free beer, it's like free food. Free food just tastes a little bit different. 
Uh, but I like Coors Banquet beer, but I mostly drink like liquor. I, I'm a big fan of Proper Number 12, okay. Conor, uh, Conor McGregor's uh, Irish whiskey. I like, uh, as you know, I said earlier, I like some seven on sevens. Yeah. yeah. You know, I like my favorite drink probably to go out and get is an old fashioned. Okay. Good. What do you now? When you get that, what do you? What kind of whiskey do you get it with? Uh you know, I like Makers. Okay, that's a that's good mine. One. That's my favorite. Makers, my favorite. Um, you spoke about them seven and sevens. I tell you what, the two worst times I've been fucked up in my life is because um, of the well, because I drank them first of all at seven and sevens. But both of them happen to be also at wedding receptions, man. And it's just <laughs> something about we get to that reception and it's fucking air conditioned. It's you know. Cool inside, you're fucking them, and when they're going back good, you just don't realize how how many you fucking had, and you just yeah, when once you stand up, you're like, what the fuck? Where am I? You know, yeah, you're not supposed to drink um, fourteen of them, Bobby. Yeah, oh, I I went yeah. through a bottle yesterday. Damn, of Seagram Seven. We're yeah, I like Seagram Sevens. So I get to the town early, and they have a TV. They have a room set up for me just so I can watch the Buckeye game, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Right. You know, of course. And uh, so I, my, my family's gone. So I said, well, I'm just going to leave early. It's, I'm, I ain't got to drive eight hours. So I left her about nine o'clock in the morning, got there. And me and the, the general manager went through a bottle. <laughs> and, you know, he's, and he's looking at me. He says, you going to be okay tonight? And I said, I'm a fucking professional motherfucking wrestler, man. I can drink. I can wrestle. I can fuck all night. <laughs> I mean, that's what I do. And he, he's astounded. He's laying on the floor, and I'm over there. I'm just fine. <laughs> and I like Seagram 7. Seagram 7, yeah. for, for, for a cheap whiskey, that's a pretty spot-on, like, solid whiskey. I don't like it by itself. You know, like proper, yeah. I like to drink it by itself. Yeah, I got you. Some whiskey you like to have a shot of, but that yeah. 7, that Seagram 7, that's a good, uh, it's a blended whiskey, and it's, mm-hmm. it's a good one to go. You know, if you're going to have a mixed drink, that's a good one to have with. It really is. Um, I'm with you. I don't normally just like, okay, I'm going to take a shot of a Seagram's. I'll, you know, I want me a good whiskey on that. But, um, oh, yeah. And I'm a maker's guy. I like that. But um, Wolf Reserve, I love Wolf Reserve. That's a good whiskey. Um, I, there's a limit to that on me, though, man. I just get that. Sometimes in uh, January or February when it gets cold, I get I get on some bourbon. Then I just kind of shade off the beer a little bit, you know, just to... Get that nip, nip, nip it in the bud kind of feeling, you know. You're like, woo, okay. Tonight's just a whiskey night, you know. Oh so. yeah. So I was at the. So we went to the the bar after. So I go up and I buy all the guys that I like a shot, you know. And I and they, they this bar didn't have any selection. They had Tala Taladu. I think they had that Taladu yeah. whiskey or some kind of. I don't. They, that's about all they had. They didn't have anything. I'm, but I bought everyone a shot of it. And I looked at the kids and I said, hey, when you take this, you got to gargle this. <laughs> you know, and my father was impressed that I knew this when I did it with him. Because, the, the, you know, the old timers, that's, that's how you, that's how you, uh, that's like comparing your dick, dick sizes with, okay. with men. you got to gargle that whiskey, man, because that's a whole different breed. Gargle it, then shoot it. Ah. And they about passed out, Bobby. <laughs> Put them in their place, didn't you? you? Know I, yeah. I, I, I love talking whiskey. What is the most expensive shot of whiskey you've ever done, Jock? I don't remember the name of the whiskey I got. Mm-hmm. I was in Toronto. I was in this, like, hipster bar, and they had all these varieties of, 
whiskeys that I've never that I've never heard of. And I mean, it was a pretty high end place because it was like twenty dollars for a, a gourmet hamburger kind of. Yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 for an average ass hamburger, Dad, I'd pay a five dollar hamburger down the street, and it tastes ten times better than that. You know, but and I think it was like twenty five, twenty six bucks a shot for a single. Yeah. So and I've had I've I've heard people have shots up to like forty, fifty bucks. Uh, I had a shot of Pappy Van Winkle's the the year that the truck got hijacked. It was one hundred and fifty bucks for the ten year reserve. Buddy, I'm telling you right now, there ain't no you know. Can you imagine? I, well, taking you, a know shot? What it, you know what it was is I was sitting there uh, drinking an old fashioned. I was on number two, and I'm looking at the. It's the only time I've ever seen a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle's anywhere. Yeah, and I knew that the truck had gotten hijacked that year, so there was going to be a dry season for it. And I just asked him, how much is it? And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this one time in my life. So I just went ahead and did it. While I was still sober enough to taste it, but had enough, <laughs> had enough drinks in me to go ahead and think that 150 bucks for a shot of whiskey was worth it. Man, did you had it straight, or did you put yeah, it with Yeah, I did, I did it as a shot. Man, I almost would have put those some rocks on that and just kind of saved it. on it, yeah. That's what I should have done. But That's I what you want, do with a good cigar. Yeah, I I just wanted to like be able to say that I had had a shot of Pappy Van Winkles, just because you never yeah. see this shit, you know. Oh, I mean, I've heard people tell me it's great. I've never had it. Like where 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 I live and where Bobby live, you probably couldn't. You you just know the name Pappy Van Winkle. They probably don't have it anywhere. Well, actually, actually, the liquor store down the road for me it does have some in. Believe it or not, uh, they just the other day I just saw the. Um, I can't recall the price. I want to say it's like a hundred twenty-one dollars, maybe for the. That sounds right. Um, um, I think they had a special. Uh, I, I'm, they had that same liquor store had this around this time last year, man. They put together this basket, and I want to say it's. Um, uh, they do a bidding. You have to buy. It's a hundred dollar ticket, but there's five or six different whiskeys in there, and the top one was the, the pappy there, and I think it was a hundred twenty-one dollar value. And I think there were six different whiskeys in that package for a hundred dollars. That would make um, sense because uh, you want a shot of whiskey to pay for the bottle, basically when you run a bar. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that I mean you know about one hundred and fifty bucks for that shot that year where it was dry. That would make sense at one hundred and twenty. Yeah. Now is just like the standard price. I'm gonna double check it. There's this, the the they changed their name. It's just, you know it's just a spirit store. But I'm gonna double check it. There's either five or six bottles in the basket. And um, like I said, it's a hundred dollar ticket uh, for them to raffle off. And again, they did it last year around this time, so um, uh, maybe it's just something you know. Maybe they only have one bottle in there. I don't know that. I'm just saying. For so, hundred twenty, that's a that's a Christmas time kind of thing. Well, you know, that's, that's what they're a, doing it for. It's a Christmas raffle. It's not going yeah. off like Thanksgiving. It's going off before Christmas. I do know that. So I'm gonna double check the other whiskeys in there, though. Yeah, I mean that's like I wouldn't mind getting one. You know, Jock, I I would say it's worth it. I'm me. I'm my average bottle of whiskey that I keep around, say both uh, bourbon and um, rye, is Bullet because it's not expensive, but it tastes good. You know, they they both taste nice. About thirty bucks a bottle here. Um, And I'm I'm a bigger bourbon guy than I am. Like I think Irish whiskeys are too sweet. They just don't agree with me. Oh yeah, um, but you know stuff like that, Pappy Van Winkles and the Bullet Bourbons and things; those are right up my alley. And I would say that if you're gonna do it, it's worth getting a bottle of Pappy Van Winkles. But keep something else on hand so that we don't drunk drink the whole bottle. You know what I mean? 
Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm very frugal when it comes to drinking because I just, I've never, you know, for me to get a $25 shot, you don't talk about me, you know, not wanting to spend, buddy. <laughs> I don't like spending. That's why I get, like, get me a bottle of proper, which is like 26 bucks, 27 bucks for a bottle, and you can't beat that. And, you know, man, I, you know, Christmas time. Now, there's a, there's a, there's a uh, moonshine place in Logan, Ohio. And it's called a uh, Hocking Hills Moonshine. I don't know if you've heard of that, Bobby. Uh, but well, I know Hocking Hills, but I have not heard of Hocking Hills Moonshine. Yeah, they got this, and they had. I went there. We were heading to Columbus because uh, from to to visit my dad and all that for Christmas. And so I walked in, and we were. My wife likes moonshine. She likes. She wants to go in and get the apple pie stuff. You know, yeah, like any, yeah, like I got any, you. You know that shit will get you more messed up than actually drinking a bur- good bourbon. But they had a really solid bourbon. It was like a fifty dollar bottle, and it was a smooth, smooth bourbon. It was so smooth. My dad, my uncles, and I, we just went through it that night. Damn. I mean, it was just. It hit you, and you were like, "Man, this is, this is pretty goddamn good," you know. Yeah. And we were just rolling it down, buddy. I tell you, but you yeah. you can't beat a good bourbon or a good or just a good whiskey, whatever you like. Good liquor. I don't like vodka. Yeah. Straight. Well, no, but vodka. I mean, that's that's a chick's drink, and that's for getting drunk fast. I mean, it's not. I've never had a vodka that was like. You know, like a, a gourmet or, you know, like a, a flavor thing. I've just had it as like, hey, here, get fucked up quick, you know. Yeah, <laughs> screwdrivers? Screwdrivers are good, oh, though. I like a, screwdrivers. That's a great breakfast drink. A buddy of mine yeah. actually showed up with a sugar cane vodka one time on Christmas Day about 20 years ago with a bottle of that, and we did screwdrivers all morning until I had to go lay back down. <laughs> <laughs> well, like look here. Christmas. Yeah, I was going to say, mm-hmm. I'll do a little transition here. If you're listening to this program out there, folks, this is going to drop on, your listening should be on Tuesday before Thanksgiving. So have a happy fucking Thanksgiving, I'll tell you that. I call it Skanksgiving. I'm going to try to find me a skank somewhere to hang out with and, and do a little partying around my way. That's what I try to do. Cow dog, chilled out. You're going to invite it over there. I, I got tell a her professor. noise that so she's barking. Yeah. Hey, but I was going to go with this, uh, just throwing this out there. Christmas is, you know, we're in the seasons now. We're starting to get into it. Uh, he's mentioned Christmas there. Let me get your opinion on this. Uh, Die Hard, is that a fucking Christmas movie no, or not? No, it's not. That's the stupidest fucking thing. It happens at Christmas time. So does Lethal Weapon. So does Gremlins. Uh, Nobody's fighting to make those Christmas movies. Is Santa I'm Claus asking in that for a reason. Is Santa Claus in it? No. Is there, is there somebody dressed like Santa Claus well, in it? Well, of course there is, because there's somebody in the background. But Yeah, it's it's a Christmas movie. Well, then... Yeah, it's better than a fucking Christmas story, I tell you that. I ain't gonna watch that. Well, it's a better, fucking, uh, it's a better movie, but, I mean, ooh. now, is Lethal Weapon a Christmas movie? No. Because it's got Santa Claus in it, it's got Christmas trees, it's got, you know, the same stuff that makes Die Hard a Christmas movie. How about how about Gremlins? It happens at Christmas time. And yeah, Phoenix Gremlins Kate's, is. Yeah, Phoenix yeah, Kate's is. dad died dressed as Santa Claus in it. Yeah, yeah, I'll say the is. Yeah, 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 sure. Okay, that one. Okay. Well, we got Nightmare that one. Before Christmas. Is that a Christmas movie? Oh, absolutely. Is it a Halloween movie? Um, it is. You could technically use it for either one, but it's a Christmas movie, and it's actually my grandson's favorite Christmas movie. Yeah, I just watched it for the first time, and I loved it. Yeah, he's uh, a, my grandson's a creepy little fucker, so. <laughs> 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 oh. Hey, you know what? I'm going to tap the brakes here after this one. But, Bobby, why, why were you asking that? Uh, well, because we talked about the uh, confetti cannon yeah. earlier. 
and um, also Casey King will fucking argue that it's a fucking Christmas movie, yeah. and I just want to see if Jock had a different opinion than him. That's the only reason why. <sighs> Jock, now that you know it, Casey King feels that it's way. It's Casey's favorite fucking movie. Uh, there, he's got a couple of them, and that's his favorite Christmas movie, of course, and Jock, does he's mentioned a couple opinion? times. Well, I wish he would have fell off the fucking Nakatomi Tower also, so... <laughs> Bring back Hans Gruber, man, and let Casey King uh, fucking take his place. You know, you uh, I mean, that motherfucker's been riding my coattails for how long? A long time. Motherfuckers so, wouldn't even man. know who he is one for me. Okay. I like that. I like that. <laughs> who else are you putting on the map? <laughs> you, what's your future plans? Who, you, who else are you going to put on the map? I don't, man, you I tell know, you, you know, I've I, got two, I got this week off. It's Thanksgiving, but more importantly, it's Michigan week. So any mm, any Ohio okay. and worth their fucking salt is it's a it's a holiday because we're gonna spank those motherfuckers up north. I hear uh, you. Um, did you like so, my Woody uh, Woody Hayes reference in your opening? I sure did. I knew you'd Woody, appreciate that. The old man, man, the old man, like you know, the Clemson player had it coming. Yeah, <laughs> damn, <laughs> that's what you get. Motherfucker, you don't get up. I I, I know I know a good friend of ours, a uh, uh, Dutch Mantel. He's a Clemson guy. He'll disagree. But yeah, I'm so happy yeah. they, they whooped their ass finally for Woody. You know, <laughs> fuck that guy. But uh, but I, I don't have a show until uh, the 12th because a lot of times during the holiday, like this time of year, I, 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 I cut everything down because I got all this stuff to do with the kid. And, you know, and a lot of pro wrestlers are not going to say this, but my family will come first. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I, I doubt Dan Housen or Effie or Casey King are putting their families first for the holidays. You know, I have enough money to where I can take off after Thanksgiving, but I got one show. I can take it off because I was smart. I was frugal. I drank yeah, It's not how much cheap. money you make. It's how much you save. That's, that's the old saying in the wrestling business. It's not how much you make. It's how much you save. That was Teeny Jarrett's thing. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, see, I've always said if money was meant to hold on to, they'd have fucking handles on it. And so I, I spend quite freely. Um Jock, let me ask you something here. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually venture into actual interview territory here for a minute, just to kind of get a sense of things. At what point in your life did you fall in love with pro wrestling? When did you look at it and go, "Fuck yeah, that's what I'm gonna do"? Okay, this is uh, there's a little story that goes with this. Yeah, that's fine. Like, so we're all about you know we're all about around the same age where we remember video stores. Mm-hmm. So in in my hometown of Nelsonville, Ohio, Bobby, I don't know if you ever been there. Yeah, uh, well, I went, is, um, I went to show at Hawking College up there. Is that, is that, am, I, am I close to yeah, you? Yeah, that's where I, 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 I actually, that's where I went to college. Okay. I've been, I went with Shane Storm and DFZ up there for a couple shows at the college there. Okay. So you know, they, have a tra- they have a train, but there's got a, a, a store called LS that was around when I was a little boy. And so every Saturday, my mom, who was a single mom, and my parents were divorced early, well, on Saturday nights, I was able to go get a pizza and then go to the LS, it was the, the hardware store, but they sold the, the VHS tapes. And, uh, of course, I, would, I was excited. Every Saturday night was the thing. I'd go get three movies and uh, then watch uh, USA Up all night with Ronda Shear and those wonderful legs. Of oh, course. fuck yeah. <laughs> but I would get three movies. Then I walk in and I see a VHS of this big monster dude with curly black hair looking down on this chiseled cut bleach blonde dude and it was on wrestlemania 3 vhs andre the giant hawk hogan pontiac silverdome 
and it absolutely captivated me to where I was like, I need to see what this is. Because, I mean, you look at Andre and you look at Hogan, it just didn't look like anybody else. And I put it on and, and then I fell in love with it. Right on. Right on. It's kind of hard was, to go. Like, I was a Hawkamaniac as a kid, man. I think, wasn't it? Everybody around our age would have been, right? Yeah, well, you know, if a lot of kids, if they say they weren't, they didn't love him, they're lying. Yeah, I mean, I And they just want to fall in sort. Yeah, I absolutely was until I, I flipped to Macho Man at, at some point, and then I just cheered, cheered for the heels after that. Um, but I was also like, when I started to branch out and discover other things and I found Bachwinkle, that to me became my ideal world champion. So it kind of took the edge off of Hogan, but look, he was still the biggest star or one of the biggest stars to ever come out of pro wrestling. He mainstreamed pro wrestling more than anybody else ever did. Oh, oh, absolutely. And, you know, and, and, and I grew up watching all the wrestling, I, you know, I watched WCW and WA 605 and I watched all of it flair uh but we you know the part of ohio i came from was it wasn't as big in georgia championship wrestling then as it was a few years earlier yeah but uh but man you know i always felt felt uh, more into the guys who could talk who could cut promos who backed up what they said and that's a big point credibility guys who had credibility well, That's so, why I'm tell you this. Let me interrupt real quick there, Jeremy. Uh, speaking of uh, promos, I'm I'm gonna tell you right now, Jock has got a solid fucking promo game. I tell you that. And here's the thing that should drive me crazy, is is if if I say I'm gonna break your leg in that match, then then I at least should attempt to work your leg or or try to you know break the leg you know during that mm-hmm. match. And it used to drive me so crazy. Um, like uh, when Buddy Landell, uh, rest in peace, and then Dirty White Boy, they would issue these challenges. They would say they were going to do these things, like to me, okay? But mm-hmm. if it wasn't a bigger uh, house show and it's just, you know, just uh, uh, small towns and stuff, it's just like, man, you, you really need to fucking try to be doing this stuff. Now, they were veterans, you know, but um, some nights you go out there and you cut a promo, you say you're going to do something, and you don't even attack that body part. It's like, fuck. I want it to be that, that realism, you know, and I'll mm-hmm. say this, and this is why I'm a fan of Jock. Jock, and that's not a dig towards anyone I've worked with or Smoky Mountain Wrestling, nothing like I'm just saying. Sometimes you're like, they cut a promo um, at a town nowadays, and a guy talks all tough, and then he doesn't do shit in his match. That's my comparison. I'll say this. I've, I've seen Jock several times over the last few years. Um, uh, when Jock says he's going to do something during a match, during his promo, and he cuts a good promo... He fucking actually goes for the person and, and does what he says he's going to do. Now, I'm not saying he says he's going to break someone's leg, uh, but I've seen him say, you know, or heard him say uh, that he's going to try to do this and try to do it, and he actually does it during a match, and I think that's so important. It just adds to me to the realism, and I don't think I've ever um, went to uh, Jock and several other people that I can mention um, on, the, on a, the, some of these local shows, I say, hey, hey, what's your finish, man? What's your finish? Unless I specifically give out a finish in the back, I don't want to know. And so um, when I get to go to matches and I hear Jock say this or see him doing that, uh, and I'm not just trying to kiss his ass, I'm telling you the truth as a, as a wrestling fan, um, I enjoy that sometimes. You know, more than not, I don't want to know the finish so I can enjoy that as a fan still. Like back when. 
I was a little boy and I fell in love with wrestling with your, like your story, Jock. You know what I'm saying? It's just, mm -hmm. that's something that's missed in the pro wrestling when he's independent shows is if you say you're going to do something, by God, at least try to do it. You know, that's, that's oh. my rant there. Well, I mean, you know, everyone always says that we're in the professional wrestling business, Bobby, that they've always said that we, and, and, and it is wrestling, but you know, what we really are in, in the end of it is we are in the emotion business. And we get, you know, if we can sell emotion by our actions, our deeds, our words, I mean, emotion that carries everything. And if you don't have it, it's just a bland, yeah. wrestling's a bland product. You know, and by, by saying I'm going to do something, you know, and then you add the credibility on there, then people I, I become a threat yeah and i am a threat to people and then they start caring about that person and then they they build that emotional connect when i'm when, I, when i'm attacking that leg they actually are worried about that human being um i just think wrestling uh, you know wrestling is good when the emotional stakes are high yeah that's very i well mean said. don't mean it don't mean that you can't have a good match that has no stakes at all. And, and you, there's a lot of, you can have that. Um, but, you know, there's reasons why guys like Hogan and Austin and Flair and all those guys are, are the top because, I mean, people were emotionally connected. And I'll say this, Dan Housen and Effie, they, he's got people emotionally connected to them. Um, my people are emotionally connected, but as you know, they're working at the coal mine and they ain't got, the, you know, they're not free. But, uh, it's, it's emotion. You know, you know, I, I was talking to someone the other day and you may, people may or may not appreciate this, but like politics, we got all this stuff going on in politics, like with the elections and all this and all the crap going world, they are better at pro wrestling at times than, than we as professional wrestlers are. They are better at doing that than what we are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if, 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 um, if to, to clarify is like Donald Trump, love him or hate him. I'm not going to give my opinion, love or hate. It is what it is. We all know what he was. So if you hate Donald Trump, like if, if you're a, a heel wrestler, which I'm not a heel wrestler, but a lot of people say they are, you need to do everything Donald Trump did for the last four years. You win an election where you don't win the popular vote. Then you cut promos for four years telling everybody how great you are. <laughs> could you imagine how much money they could have drew for that debate? If right in the middle, like for a fight, if Joe Biden would have went right over and swept Trump's legs and, and, and you know, and, and blue fezzed him and they sold tickets, that would have, it would have, it would have been the tops, wouldn't it? I, I because know, Trump, I don't want to see two guys that are pushing 80 fucking beat each other up. Though. <laughs> hey man, I'll see if, if, if anything's pushed right, I'll watch anything. <laughs> hey, here you go. Like Donald Good Trump, night. there, there's one thing that he, he elicits in people. It's, it's, it's raw emotion. Oh, absolutely. Love him yeah. or hate him. Now, the people that love him, he's Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's whooping. He's just cutting promos, talking about whooping people's ass for four years. I mean, like, politicians are really good at pro wrestling. Yeah. And so, I wish a lot of guys today would actually pay attention to what's going on in the world, and they would probably be a lot better at pro wrestling if they would, if they would do that kind of stuff. Hey, Professor, man, we got a couple books we got to plug real quick. The first one is Pin Me, Pay Me. 
uh, Have Boost Will Travel. You can get that book, uh, the way the professor has it set up, at tinyurl.com slash blazebook1. It'll take you right to the link, man, to get that book. That was my very first book. My second book called is called I Kicked Out on Two, The Educational Wrestler. The way you can get that is go to tinyrl.com slash blazebook2. It's that simple, folks. Christmas is going to be here before you know it. Uh, gift yourself this book or gift it to the wrestling fan in your family or uh, wherever the fuck you hang out at for Christmas. Take a book to them and say, hey, Bobby Blaze said to have this. Um, again, it's tinyrl.com slash blazebook1 for pin me, pay me. It's tinyrl.com slash blazebook2 for I kicked out on two, the educational wrestler. Well, let me, let me ask both of you guys this, because there's a certain amount that I've seen, like, especially in indie shows where they don't really tell a story in the ring anymore. Like there's no, you know, you don't have a guy getting his arm beat and then he walks out like holding his arm close, you know, or anything. It's just, you know, a wrestling match. And then they walk out. What, you know, do you guys feel that that's kind of a dead art in there or do you guys see enough of it that it's not really a concern for you? Um, we are in the, the age of the gif, mm-hmm. yeah. like on Twitter. Um, yeah. I'm sure everyone out there listening probably understands what a gif is now. It's just a clip of somebody doing a cool fucking move. And, and to be fair, they are, the moves are cool. Bobby, you probably agree. The moves, you see a move and you'll say, man, it's a cool move, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of, of what we're trying to present, that move is not Unless unless the story's told, it doesn't elicit a, a, a yeah. uh, emotional response. Yeah. It's just moves don't mean shit unless they have some meaning to them or, or a purpose. There's that's no what story I try telling. to teach, Jock, at the art of grappling. That's what I try to tell them is to answer your question, Jeremy. On my behalf, it's like if if I'm in the ring and I'm working an arm, you're telling we're all telling stories. We're just telling them differently. So match one, you know, maybe the guy's working the arm. The next match, two guys working a leg, etc. Uh, they start off slow, um, and and you know if I, if, if I would have a match with Jock today, I'd say Jock, we're going to start off slow and taper down from there, my brother. You know, <laughs> that's, word to that's word. where it's going to go. <laughs> you know, and that's where it's going to go. But but I guarantee it, people would be emotionally invested in that. We could do that. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I, knowing what a professional Jock is, but I think it's in the storytelling. That yes, it's very important that okay. So Jock comes out and done this one big uh, fucking pile drive me. He gives me a hip toss and pile drives me. If it's just not that pile driver that did me in, it's the whole match. What did he work towards? Working, weakening my neck, weakening my neck, working over my back. You know that that's the, it's the that's the build up to it. So when he does give me the pile driver, it 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 is it's as devastating as it is on its own. It's that gift, well, there was 15 or 20 minutes before that, before I actually took the boom, the gimmick, you know? And I think mm-hmm. that that does, um, from what I see, and Jock's seen a lot more indie shows lately than I have, I'm sure, um, that is one of the things I notice, but I'm looking at it as, from a training perspective, you know, if and I don't go over to someone and say, hey, you need to do this and do that. If it's one of the students I'm helping, I'll give them my opinion, but if I don't know that person, and a lot of people have done this, they'll come out and say, Bobby, would you watch my match? Well, if they ask me to watch their match, then I feel obligated to tell them, this, this is what you, you should do, this, this, and this, to arrive at that, to finish, you know. So um, some, sometimes it, 
I think everyone does think. It's just like you said, Jock, very well put. It's a gift. It's just boom, 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 finish. No, you have to put some more into it than that because there are a lot of cool moves I see out there today. And I'm mm-hmm. like, God almighty, you know, just fucking, um, you ever heard of a, you know, simple arm drag or a fucking hip toss or German suplex, you know, or something, a fucking Northern Light suplex. That was hot when I was only, uh, uh, um, Dean Link was the only one in the U.S. That, that did it until he told me, you know, Bobby, you ought to try this. And I started using it and it got over. But it but it was, you know, just one of those things that was cool at the time. But um, now people kick out of every fucking thing you throw at them, including the kitchen sink. And I guess that's a fucking finishing move now, too. I don't know. I, I yeah. saw that in an XPW once in the kitchen sink. It was a new Jack hit a guy with one. Okay, there you go. <laughs> no, no, that's legit as hell. I mean, it was a match back in 2003, I think. But, um, Damn. Um, and, you know, and guys, you know, let's talk a little news, too. What do you guys think of all this, like, everybody at WWE getting shit-canned every week and then ROH is going contractless? What do you guys kind of, what, what do you guys think is coming here in the future for pro wrestling? Man, you know, I, I hate the fact that these guys lost their jobs. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, uh, I don't wish that on anybody unless, unless they're a pedophile, then they can burn in hell and I don't give a fuck what happens to them. That's the only people I don't care about. <laughs> but those, uh, they'll be fine though, because there's a reason why they were there. Yeah. And they got to train under some of the best people in the entire world. I mean, if not Japan or Europe or AEW impact, or, I mean, some of those guys could make a good solid living wrestling on the indies. With their well, name yeah. recognition. Yeah, I mean, was WWE stockpiling wrestlers just so nobody else could get them for 20 years? Is that part of what's going on? Hmm. I'm not real sure what to say on that. Uh, I'd be yeah. Bobby. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, first of all, I hate to see uh happen a couple weeks ago or like 12 people. Then the other day it was like eight, I think, this past week. So that's 20 people just, you know... Uh, uh, right there in the last couple, we've been let go. I and again, we mentioned we, we spoke on the uh, Ring of Honor. I'll tell you this: um, uh, Jay Lethal, I guess, is going AEW, um, and I'm glad um, they got picked up. Um, and because I, I was concerned for him, and uh, also them boys, you know, and, and all the guys on that roster. Maybe they're getting paid. We discussed this to the end of the year, but after that, you know, then what? I'd like to think what the same thing as Jock said. I'd like to think that they all, if they choose to do so, there's enough places to go and work and also use your name uh, for the credibility uh, of doing indie shows. Now, as far as them stockpiling wrestlers, I don't know. I think they just, um, this is just my opinion. I don't have any inside information on this other than what I know and hear little things. You know, at the training center, <clears throat> there's so many good, talented people down there that they've got to the point, you know, they, they select who they want to train now. And um, I guess it's one of these things where if they train them and, and they invest that time and money and energy into these people, um, obviously they see something there. But now to let them go after they just done a couple storylines or you get taken up to the main roster or whatever, I have no idea why the fuck you would do that um, to the talent. And also now, uh, Jock, we used to make a com- joke on this show about uh, there's a T-shirt company out there, you know, because AEW was just, you know, that's what it's going to be, a T-shirt company until they finally, you know, got their deal and started coming on. Um, but it's like now the guys at least have another option, that competition. And I'm just, I'm just wondering... 
what the idea is of letting of training someone at your facility, training center or whatever, put you on your SmackDown um, or your NXT rather, bring you up to your SmackDown or your or to your main roster of Raw, only be let go not the competition out there that they have somewhere to go and work for. Um, I'm glad they have somewhere to go and work, but I'm, I don't I don't understand the logic between that or, or on that. Uh, what what am I missing here? Tell me. I tell you, it's it's real hard to say. I mean, I mean, maybe it was a panic reaction that to say, hey, let's grab all the indie guys up uh, because the indies is one of the it's you know probably one of the hotter elements in wrestling. Even though AEW is very hot, but it's hot yeah. in a different way. Like indie wrestling, when I came up, like you were lucky to have a hundred people some places, mm-hmm. you know, and now you're getting indie shows with. I remember I had a show where we had 1,500 people, you know, up in war wrestling. I was in a main event in a scaffold match. We had 1,500 people for an independent wrestling show Damn, in one awesome. little hick town. And it, it's just something that, you know, maybe, you know, like in music, you, you have to do the underground stuff to kind of get yourself to the bigger level. But maybe yeah. they're just seeing these guys, these uh, maybe, you know, like a, a piece of coal, or maybe they can fine tune it into a diamond and find their next yeah. hit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's just, don't you, know. it's just, you never know. And then the thing is, is there's so many guys getting signed by AEW that how is everyone going to get to wrestle? That's, that was, man, like, I'd like I'm, to have, wow. That was my thing with Jay Lethal. Is like now he's going to go be a medium fish in a very big pond. Is Tony Khan going to have to hire everybody that wants to wrestle? It, it just kind of leaves these weird things hanging out there. Now, yeah, it's a healthier it's a healthier place to I'm sure go find work now as a pro wrestler than it was five years ago. Um, you know, I mean, look at how many wrestling promotions there are just like in your guys' neighborhood. Yeah. You know? And then you got companies. Too many sometimes. Well, you know, that is going to be a problem. I mean, obviously. But, you know, you got like GCW is a distant third, but people are turning on to it. You got Billy Corgan with the NWA. That's a home for some people. Uh, You know, guys like John Morrison for years there were making a living just going and doing the indies on their own. They figured out a way to not work for Vince McMahon. So there's a way to do it, you know? Yeah, he was one of the ones released again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Think about John Morrison, though. His style is not meant for the indies in the sense of, like, some of the rings that he has to go wrestle in and what people expect of him his, with his style. Like, those rings are not... Some of those independent rings are some of the worst. And then you get some good ones, but... Yeah. I mean, if you get a bad ring, like, you're not really going to get a whole John Morrison match what people would expect. Because right. a lot of times what you're going to expect is, you you know, when you go see the Rolling Stones, you want to see the hits. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't you don't care about a song that they haven't released. You know, you want to hear the yeah. hits and people at any shows they want to go see John Morrison and see all the hits. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, I, I can tell you when I saw Iron Maiden every time they were like, "Here's a song off the new album." That's when I went and got a beer. <laughs> <laughs> you know the the uh, TVs too. Um, what happens is, and I. I, I I encourage anyone, if you're in the wrestling business, and why wouldn't you, want to go see, you know, the, some of the biggest stars in the world when, when, you know, say AEW or WWE come to your town. The thing I was going to say is what happens if you go to a house show, and I've taken to a couple students to to some house shows before, Jock, and I'm sure you'll understand this, is mm-hmm. um, and these people just like just breaking in, you know, five matches at the most maybe or something like that. Um, and they're, they're sitting there. 
and they're looking at the house show and the first match is like 12 minutes and it was um i'll give you an example uh, it was a uh, dolph Z uh, ziggler was in it and um I don't, hell, I don't even know who he was wrestling. Uh, I'm sure he put him over. But anyway, um, <laughs> he got to work, you know. And that's the thing is, mm -hmm. you see something on TV, you got five minutes. Well, there's 30 to 45 seconds of music or a minute, and then someone's either standing in the ring or they get music. Well, now you're two minutes into it, and you're only getting three minutes of, Jock, what do you do best? What can you do? Okay, I'll meet you in there because I'm going to do what I'm going to do, get my shit in, so to say. You can get your shit in. So all you see is four or five spots that I do, three or four or five that Jock does that we, you know, boom, 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 and then there's a finish. Well, there's a lot more to it on the house shows. They don't take as big a crew, and everyone on the show usually gets about a 10, 12, 15-minute match, and you actually get to see these guys and girls perform and, and wrestle and tell a little bit of a story at that house show. Um, it doesn't necessarily even follow the show. Now, the main event will, but their match, some of those opening and through three or four matches, don't even follow the programming sometime because they're trying to get people experience. And um, I really dig that part, you know, of the, uh, oh, yeah. and that's, that's one of the things I tell the young students too, is like, go to these house shows and see how some of these stars, you know, work because, you know, going back to your, your gift, it's, it, it, you're, you're right about that. That's all people see is like, well, I thought he was going to do this, this, and this. Well, he, he, he did, but it took more time to build up to that, to that finish or what have uh -huh. you. It's called working people, you know, it's working when you're in a ring. And, um, I am seeing some good matches when I, since I have been back out there, um, on the indie scene, um, I've seen some really good matches. And, um, I think a couple years ago, you know, indie wrestling, uh, pro wrestling may have been on its deathbed. Um, but it was on life support or what have you. I think it's coming back. And I think what you said, I agree with you. It's getting pretty damn hot right now. Um, sure, everyone could tune in to your um, AEW and WWE. Uh, uh, you know, I, I hope NWA continues to grow. I hope Ring and Honor uh, comes back. I hope they come back bigger and better for, for places for people to work and also showcase their talent. But on the indie scene, man, there's a lot of good indie wrestlers. Jock, among some of the best, you've seen them. You're one of them. Um, I really appreciate that, man, because at heart, I'm still a fan, you know. Um, but I, I got, to, I had the privilege of making my living at doing something I loved, you know, and, um, mm -hmm. still getting to talk about it today with two friends, you know, just on this podcast to me, uh, talking wrestling, like I said, we're just before the show started, and we're just like a couple guys having a couple beers and we're going to drive down to the next town. You know, don't drink and drive people. We got a designated driver. Don't worry about it. That's <laughs> so, uh, cow dogs over driving. Yeah. But nonetheless, my point is I'm seeing some really good independent wrestlers on good independent shows now there are some groups out there maybe there are too many in some areas but some of them are just shit shows anyway and jog don't work for them and i don't go to those shows i try to go to a quality show with quality talent on it because i want to be a part of and witness and see these young people that are trying to be wrestlers, training to be wrestlers, as far as so, I want to see some veterans that I know is going to be on that show. And when the promoters put some of these shows on I've been getting to go to lately, they've been fucking fantastic, man. Fantastic. Uh, 
Jock, we'll have to get you down here for, uh, if they do it again, the, the Bluegrass Wrestling Con we've done a couple weeks ago here in Ashland. Um, I'm sure you was probably booked somewhere else or, or what have you, or you would have been a part of it too. But, uh, man, it's, there's, there's people out there doing stuff with indie pro wrestling, and I want to see that continue to stay hot, and I'm sure you'll agree with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, the better wrestling is, the better it is for, for all that involved. I mean, um, I just one thing that I, I hope that that'll help wrestling get better is is we get we have more veterans out there that are willing to teach. Yeah. And uh, I think that we don't have as many veterans out there now as we did when I was coming up. I was blessed to come up with some guys like you and, you know, like all, all the dudes, man, just would would tell me straight. And man, you're, you're fucking stink. You're stinking out. You're stinking up the fucking uh, stinking shit up here. Or tell me how you know what I need to do or fix it. You know, yeah. A lot of times, a lot of the veterans are you know when I'm when I'm done gone with with wrestling one day, there's not going to be a guy like me who's and I tell people I'm a good person here. This is proven that I'm a good person, that I'm willing to help people. And like Dan Howes and Effie and Casey King, um, you know, but will I'm they listen? And there's not going to be around. I, it, will it, they it, listen? And that's that's a good point. Like I'll tell a you know. I, like I had a I had a thing last night where I, I had a Survivor Series style match, and we had this young kid, and he and I, I consider him like a, a boogie woogie type, you know. He's not really a solid like you know hand. He's not a carpenter by any means, you know. Mm-hmm. He's entertaining, mm-hmm. like boogie, like and boogie. No, I'm not saying anything you. disparaging on boogie. Boogie knows no, what I the fuck you. he's doing, yeah. but he's just that type, energetic, a lot of life, and. You know, he wanted to come in in the beginning, and come, and he's the most over guy in the whole match. As, as you know, pins are just really behind him, and I, and I kept going. It's like you're not coming in until the crucial hot tag, mm, and he's like, okay. "What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> what, what 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 do you mean?" Like you know, and I'm breaking his heart because yeah. I'm like, "Hey man, like trust me, when you finally come in." And they've been begging for you for 15 minutes now. The place is going to explode. Yeah. And I'm preaching to him. And I, and he, because he really wanted to do all his stuff. He just, you know, and I, I get it. He's a kid. He's eager. And, you know, and, you know, and I got the point where I'm like, look, this is what we're doing. You're waiting until the hot tag and you're going to trust me on this. And when we finally did it and it popped the house, he comes to me and says, man, you're right. And I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jock, that was, um, I, I hate to cut you off, but where can people follow you? I mean, what's the best way to follow your career and what you're doing? Social media, things like that, anything you're doing? Oh, and well, just hit me up on like his Facebook. Uh, you just type in Jock Sampson. I, I you know, got no weird uh, spellings or names, just J-O-C-K-S-A-M-S-O-N on uh, Facebook, Twitter, I even got an Instagram, and I'll actually post my pictures of my 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 daughter Scarlett on there. I'm very that I'm very proud of, uh, and uh, I have Snapchat for all the single moms out there to want to send me some nice pictures. There you go. And you, you know, go. I'm sure Bobby's got a discreet one, don't you? You and that swingers uh. club down there in Ashland, right? <laughs> <laughs> Had to get that in there, didn't you? Well, you know, boy, I've been more proud of a person in my life. 
Well, you had all them uptight motherfuckers sitting there like, man, this is a Christian town. We don't need that kind of stuff in here. And Bobby's like, come on, give my number. Shit. <laughs> Please. Yeah. You can, I was like, yeah, I'm proud of this uh, guy. <laughs> that's right, man. But you just type in Jock Sampson on there and then and, and look me up. And I have a t-shirt store uh, that I have posted on there. If you want to buy one of my t-shirts and show people that you're a fan of me, because I understand that you work like 16 hours a day and you work at a coal mine and, you know, if you're a coal miner, you're a Jock Sampson fan. And if you blue collar steel worker, you know, it, you know, if you know, if you if you're able to get black lung, you love me. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you're a beer drinker, you love Jock Sampson. I know that. If, yes. I'll tell you if that. you like having fun, if you like going to the bar and having fun, uh, you like Jock Sampson. If you like playing video games, you, I'm probably not your guy. There you go. You know, these addresses. uh Real quickly, if you want interaction from myself, you hit me up at BobbyBlaze744 on Twitter. Now, Jeremy, he's at the Geekish Cast, and also we have a Twitter account and a Facebook account that is uh, Bell to Bell Blaze. Um, I'm personally not on Facebook, but I will tell you this. Jeremy, this is revealing to you. I may, I have been encouraged to, I might open up my Instagram again. I'm not sure. I've got some pretty good recent uh, pictures I need to probably upload on there. And, Jock, I'm glad you do put your daughter on there man because you should be proud of her like you said um because you do keep that separate from your wrestling you know um yeah. but i may open my instagram back up i don't know i've just uh some people written me on twitter said man i'd like to see some of your other other pictures you know can you put them back on there and i just it's on there it's that bobby blaze 744 i just haven't updated it forever um it, it get it, i get right nervous when i look on there sometimes jock i ain't gonna be lying to you yeah. uh that's a shoot man i just um so i just stayed with twitter um but again uh, Jock, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. You're welcome back anytime. If you want to promote anything, you can come back on or give me a heads up via text. Uh, we have each other's phone numbers yeah. or uh, Twitter. Just let me know, hey, Bobby, uh, because I know we got some stuff coming up in January that I'll probably be seeing you uh, at a couple of events then. Um, just going to throw this out there before we close out. Are you by chance going to be at ASW in December? Just curious. <laughs> I am not. I have actually. Okay. Uh, I've never. I've never wrestled. I've wrestled for them once, and uh, I, I just could never work it out with them. Gotcha. Uh, okay. And and I tried to. You know, and it's nothing to them. I. You know, I'm with. I'm with Conquest, and. Yeah. You know, I just don't want to uh, over pollute myself. Completely understand. Yes, I just curious. But, uh, they run a great wrestling promotion, and they do wonderful things. And Gary's top notch. It's just. Uh, yeah. I'm just. I don't. You know. You know how it is, man. If you want to yeah. come see me, you need to come see me in uh, Charleston. Yeah. For uh, pro wrestling. In conquest, or or you know, in the Ashland Ironton area, because I am your yeah. champion. Yep, you so. come to FTC. I'm sure you'll be back soon. Um, I was just uh, pre appreciate your honesty on that. I just was curious. Um, sure. The reason I ask is um, December 18th. Uh, Jeremy, they are doing a show for Nate at the ASW. Oh, so um, okay. I'll have more details for you. I just uh, I know two or three people though that already booked at other places. Uh, they couldn't make it um, either. So and and like Jock, you uh, you don't want to cross promotion there if you don't need to. Um, yeah. I just want to tell everyone out there real quickly before I sign off. Jock, thank you again for being on our program. When you're hearing this, 
um, like I said, it'll be thanks, uh, Tuesday before Thanksgiving. I uh, hope you and your family have a nice Thanksgiving. And all to all my friends that are going down a WrestleCade this uh, year, please be safe. And I hope you have a great time. I know it's a great event. And um, I've already talked to uh, Collar and Elbow, the good people there. And I may be at WrestleCade next year. But for you people going this year, please enjoy yourself. I know what a great event that is. Uh, Jock, thanks again. Professor, thanks for putting this together. I appreciate it very much. And people, be kind to each other. That's uh, that's uh, my last thing I want to say. Happy Thanksgiving, and also be kind to yourself. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Love you. Love you, brother. All right. Well, for the late Tex Johnson, the greatest of all time, Jock Sampson, Arn Anderson's favorite enhancement talent, Bobby Blaze, and myself, Professor Jeremy Vilmer, bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>